Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in, and we can't wait to get to today's topic, which happens to be the midterm elections from a biblical perspective and the fallout, you might call them consequences. Um, we're going to also talk about what's going on over with the UN Climate Summit, waning Christian influence in America, uh, the global war on energy. Biology and Truth, uh, and so much more with John Haller. Mary Danielson is with me, and I feel compelled to open this one up in prayer. Um, Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for giving us another day. We recognize your sovereignty and acknowledge your faithfulness in our lives and your mercies that are new every morning. You have a purpose for us because we are here today, and we pray, Lord, that we would glorify you in our lives. We pray that you'd be honored in what we share today, and we ask that you would wake up those who need an awakening in your church and that we would be able to be the salt and light you're calling us to be. And I believe that we need to be in this country and around the world, Christians that are listening. Um, we just thank you for these times as, as trying as they are. I think they're desperate times and we are in the last days for sure. And with the signs all around us, Lord, help us to discern, help us help to understand the times, help us to test all things and give us wisdom, Lord as we talk about these issues and try to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ while at the same time sounding the alarm that we must redeem the time. Uh, Father, we thank you for this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I want to mention I ordered a couple things from Red Pill Prints, our friends in Canada there, and uh, I really like the quality of these products. I've, I've gotten T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, um, water bottle, coffee mugs, and now I just got a hat, a Stand Up For The Truth beanie, and I also got some candles, scented can, tan, candles, which uh good quality stuff. So go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and click on merch, one word merch at the top of StandUpForTheTruth.com. I also want to shout out to our friends at Harbinger's Daily who continue to support the podcast, and that's one of the few outlets that's really getting our podcast out there um, aside from our efforts and those who subscribe. But So thank you. Um, John Haller is our guest today. Uh, he's been on so many times. We are so thankful for his research, and you can get his updates weekly and sometimes bi-weekly at the Fellowship Bible Chapel YouTube channel, and I believe also on Rumble. And John Haller, it's a blessing to have you back, brother. Good to be back. And Mary Danielson, say hi to John. This hi, is your John. first time talking together. Yes, it's a hi, Mary. virtual meeting. Nice virtual. to meet you, John. <laughs> So I just want to say a few things, and then I will let you guys go wherever we had uh, planned to go uh, as far as midterms, as far as what's happening uh, globally, what's happening politically. I was disappointed with myself the other day um, when I was seeing the election results come in, which proved to me I had expectations. And shame on me. Um, for all the things that we talk about on this podcast, for all the, the worldview issues we are well aware of and we're understanding the times, knowing the decline morally, as uh, our friend Linda Harvey calls it, this moral rot that's led to some decay in America. And we're expecting this red wave in this voter, voting uh, in the midterms as, as far as maybe getting more Christians or conservatives, true conservatives elected. Well, it didn't happen. There are some good things that came of it. We are very close to taking over the House. We can talk about that and getting Nancy Pelosi out of there. But uh, there are some things that are very eye-opening when you have an economy the way the Biden administration has driven it into the ditch and so many other issues, the totalitarian nature of this administration, the censorship, the po powering the FBI, politicizing the FBI and the IRS against Christians and conservatives and Republicans. It is astounding that so many elections were as close as they were. John Haller, I'm going to give you your uh, time here to give just an overview of your thoughts on the midterms. Then I want to turn it over to Mary 
and get her view, and then we're going to dive into some of the issues. Well, despite despite my usual um, concern about having too high of expectations on anything in the political system these days, I, like you, was optimistic that there would be, uh, you know, it is what's described by many, many people as a red wave or a red tsunami. You know, you, <laughs> you saw the, uh, it's not just the red full moon uh, lunar eclipse, it's the, the, the world's going to be painted red, too. Yeah. And that did not happen. Um, and so I sit here and I'm trying to think of what happened. So let me just give a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a week a week before the election, I had gotten invited to uh, do a small panel on Fox News before the J.D. Vance-Tim Ryan debate here in Ohio. And I was able to make a few, uh, a couple comments during the segment we had with Martha McCallum and uh, Brett Baer uh, in the 3 o'clock hour. But I also talked to the people that were on the panel. Now, there were many, the conservatives on the panel were largely uh, Christians, they uh, and a lot of us had connections through colleges we'd gone to in common or churches we had attended for a time together. Uh, we never didn't know each other, but so we had this connection. But there were also you know left wing people on the the panel, uh, Democrats, and it's it's hard to say. Uh, uh, Democrats are almost all extreme left wing these days, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting the comments on the panel uh, from a couple of the women, a young woman, and then a lady who actually lived around the corner from me for about thirty five years, talking about abortion and reproductive rights. And I had kind of been led to believe that that was not going to be that big of an issue, mm. but then as I've sort of looked at the uh, the way the election went, I think that. The Republicans underestimated the impact of the Dobbs decision. Mm-hmm. And so yes. when, when you start analyzing the vote, a lot of young people, a lot of women that voted said that reproductive rights were the reason they went to the polls and voted for Democrats. Uh, in Michigan, in Kentucky, in California, rather extreme reproductive right, um, uh, reproductive rights, uh, uh propositions. Constitutional yeah. amendments were passed. Proposition one, which uh, Kentucky's hardly. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky Rand Paul mm-hmm. won re-election by. I think he got about one by twenty points. <laughs> so the abortion thing was a big deal. So I, I did a update uh, yesterday midweek. Uh, by the way, the Rumble Channel is real FBC, all one word. Okay. And I talked about we're going the way of Moloch. Uh, this abortion thing is very, very. Significant. I mentioned to you in the email back and forth that I'm not going to play it. Uh, I've decided not to play it in my updates. Yeah. Uh, but Let's if you want to listen to it, go yeah. to NPR and look up a day in the life of an abortion clinic. And during that segment, they have a, a, the last minutes, uh, audio of an aspiration abortion. The audio. You can hear the woman moaning from the pain. Uh, her being comforted by the nurses. And then at the end, the doctor goes, oh, you did so well. And the whole time you hear this mm-hmm. sucking sound, mm-hmm. and you know that this is a baby being ripped apart yep. limb by limb. This yep. is uh, one of the comments I saw on, that somebody uh, where it was posted was, this is what hell must sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to a pro-life people, uh, to people who believe in the sanctity of life, who believe that God formed us from the earliest time that we're alive in the womb. This is a horrific thing. This is what really drove the election. And so understand that while Dobbs overturned Roe versus Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood, cases that had enshrined the right to abortion in the United States under the federal constitution, and that's now gone away, we've had 50 years of people, 50th anniversary of Roe will be in January. We've had 50 years of people being indoctrinated that this is just okay, that this yeah. abortion is, is a part of life. It's not a part of life. It's a part of ending life. And so I, I don't, I think we under, we underestimate the impact that something like this has. Yeah. Let's, and I wouldn't say that it's all about abortion. Right. But I think that we underestimated that because the, like I said, there was this lady in her 60s 
uh, that lived in our neighborhood area for a long time. And she was like, well, I'm very concerned about reproductive rights. Well, she's not getting pregnant anytime soon. And then there was a young, uh, late college age lady sitting behind me. So this was a big issue. The other thing that I will note is that the Democrats, uh, outspent the Republicans by a factor of three to one. And that's spending that we know about yeah. from PACs and, uh, you know, democratic organizations and that type of thing. But they also outspent the Republicans by government bribe. What I only will describe as government bribery. The strategic petroleum reserve was uh, depleted by half to lower gas prices to make people think that that's not a thing. And we also saw that students, uh, student, college students and that type of thing, younger people came out and voted, and I have no doubt that it was the student loan forgiveness hope and expectation that's been raised. And twice it's gone now to Amy Coney Barrett to shut down this illegal forgiveness of student loans, and she has refused to put a stop to it, even temporarily. Hmm. So this was a big factor in yeah. the election, in my view. Uh, it's it's bribery on an epic scale. Uh, I'm, I sit here and, and look at the example. So... In the Georgia Senate race, uh, Warnock and uh, Herschel Walker both got around 49%. Mm-hmm. But under Georgia law, to get the federal office, you have to have at least 50%. So they will have a runoff in December 6th. We get to go do this whole thing again. For a month. In four weeks. Yep, yep. Uh, it's like torturing the entire population <laughs> in the United States. And that may be, depending on how the Arizona vote. Go- I don't even know if the Arizona vote's going to be tabulated by December 6th. Jeez. So we don't know whether Mark Kelly or the Democrat uh, incumbent or um, the, the Republican guy is going to to win. They're, they're Blake Masters. They're they're close. But I, I just checked before we went on air, less than 70% of the vote in that race in Arizona and the governor race with Kerry Lake in uh, Republican and Katie Hobbs, Democrat, less than 70% of the vote has been counted. And here we are two days after the election and they're saying it could take another four or five weeks. This is, this is, this is, is this 2022? What year do we live in? But back to Herschel Walker. So they're going to have a runoff because neither one of them got 50%. There was a libertarian candidate that got about 2%. Uh. But in Athens, Georgia, Herschel Walker got crushed in the vote. Explain why that's significant. Well, Herschel Walker is a legend in Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is located. Currently the number one ranked football team in the country. Is Georgia. And their prior years of glory were under uh, Vince Dooley, and the star player was Herschel Walker, the running back, who yep. won the Heisman and led them to a national championship. Yep. And so here's their legend. Yeah. Of, he gets crushed in the town where he made his name. And so there's something going on there. So I, I do think we got to go back to the abortion thing. we got to go back to the student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I was just reading a survey this morning from Summit Ministries, I think it is, uh, that said that uh, the whole postmodern idea that, you know, you can determine your own truth. Uh, I did a seminar on this in 2001, a, a seminar topic in 2001 at a conference in California. I talked about postmodernism and I had pastors, David, who came up to me afterward and told me, John, you, you don't understand this postmodernism. This will be a good thing for the church because people will be questioning. Oh, God. And so here we sit 20 later, and I want to ask whether anybody that has half a brain thinks that that pastor was correct. Because the postmodern thought, you remember we used to talk about the emerging church, the emergent church, and that type of thing, but we don't talk about it now. Why? Because it's been subsumed into the church. Yeah, yep. It's been absorbed by and the so church. This, so this, this plays into all of this. So uh, let's get Mary's thoughts here, and then we'll uh, dissect a few of these issues. Mary, overall, thoughts on the midterms, the results, and your perspective there? Yeah. Well, just, <laughs> just a real quick comment on, on what John was saying about abortion, you know, and, and the, just the sobering reminder of what that issue actually is. I mean, after 50 years, um, you know, we have now, as a result of that, a culture of death. 
People don't think twice about taking their own life, yep. taking other people's lives. The, people are cold, dead inside in a lot of ways. And so now we're looking at euthanasia, population reduction. And it's it's a seamless trip now. Just down the road a piece from all the abortion is a seamless trip to eliminating the people that the globalists no longer want. Um, as far as the actual uh, elections go, uh, when I came in this morning, David, you and I were talking about quality of candidates. And, I, you know, this is a for what it's worth, but um, I think that by the time a godly person gets to a certain point in politics, they're seeing how much compromise they have to go through to get there. And I think yeah. that it's naturally the way politics is today in this country and around the world probably, you know, uh, would a, a truly godly person want those jobs? Mm. I mean, it's uh, tough. It, it is tough. And so I think it's sort of a self-defeating thing. But we still want them. We still pray for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think the other thing is that this election was definitely a barometer. I mean, if you're talking spiritually, too, it was a barometer of where we're at. It was not a mandate on the economy. Here's what it was not. It was not a mandate for freedom. It was not a mandate for all that we value as believers. It was not a mandate for common sense even um, or, or a rule of law, you know, lawfulness. Um, uh, it was a mandate for remaining purposefully ignorant on how the world spins. It was a mandate for apathy and mm. continued lawlessness and yep. censorship and big tech and, and handouts. And I, I guess I don't expect that to ever change. Mm-hmm. The, the beauty of it all is I woke up on Wednesday, and as much as people and sinners change our world daily, God never changes. And, Amen. And so the beauty of it is what I believe in my heart and soul as as a regenerate person did not change from Tuesday to Wednesday, and God is the same. So I... Uh, you know, this is very serious stuff. Uh, we want to be able to free, be free to um, spread the gospel yes. and let people Amen. know uh, what really matters. Uh, and yet, uh, we, like you said, we want to restrain. We want to be salt and light. So this is that thing that we straddle as believers. So we've got three minutes left in this segment already, and I just want to mention the Freedom Index. And let's go over to Michigan and talk about the governor, Gretchen Whitmer. I mean, Whitmer. And um, she had some of the strictest locked down policies and closed the schools there during COVID for the longest, one of the longest periods of time. And, and she was rewarded for it. And plus Michigan voters. Now this shouldn't surprise us. It's Michigan. They approve protecting abortion and they have enshrined that in the Michigan state constitution now. And I just want to get John's reaction on Michigan yeah. and, and Gretchen Whitmer in the last two minutes here. Yeah, they they enacted uh, protecting reproductive rights. It was Proposition Three on the ballot, and that passed. And uh, Tudor Dixon was not able to overcome um, Gretchen Whitmer. It, it was kind of a surprise to me. Uh, but you you see these pockets of things. The, the abortion pro abortion propositions around the country largely passed. So, it, and listen, we talked about this when Dobbs was over when Dobbs overturned Roe mm-hmm. and Casey that that was just the beginning of the fight. Mm-hmm. And so now the initial battles of the fight have largely been lost. I know mm-hmm. in California, uh, there was a very low turnout. Um, I think I was reading something that, that Jack Hibbs wrote or somebody wrote about Jack Hibbs. You know, the, the turnout in California was just abysmal among church people yeah. to vote against this uh, evil. And so what, what do we expect if you don't do anything? I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. So look, I'm not naive enough to believe that if we vote a certain way that we're going to create this great utopian thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, part of the thing about standing up against evil is that you try to stop evil from being visited upon other people like unborn children and that type of thing. And I, I'm telling you that, you know, my, my view is that, um, what what would what would you say? Brace for impact, because mm-hmm. God's judgment, I think, is already on America. Yeah, and I see very little in the election results to indicate that it's not going to keep coming mm-hmm. in pretty strong terms. Yeah, it's he's... it's discouraging, but you know we understand that you know eventually Jesus is coming back and cleaning up this mess. And so, I also think that the election results and things that happen these have a way of sort of help, helping the church to reorient as to what we should be focused on. It sort of decouples us from the world. Yeah. John, we got to take our first break. More when we come back with Mary Danielson, John Haller, 
and global issues and national issues on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Well, Psalm 33, 11, and 12 says, The plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. And then, of course, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people He has chosen for His own inheritance. Um, John, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs was really hard on the pulpits. He said, Blood is on the hands of silent California pastors. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, first of all, California was not the only state Tuesday that passed the ballot initiative endorsing abortion. 77% voted in favor of Vermont's Proposal 5 and almost 57% in Michigan for Proposal 3, which amended their state constitutions. And, and let's just clarify the language here before we move on. There's no such thing as a reproductive right. I know the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. What's this right to abortion? There is no right. Um, reproducing is having offspring, is allowing babies to be born. That is reproducing. So reproductive rights, uh, so they're confusing the language there. But let's go back to Michigan. And, John, it says a lot about the major cities there. It says a lot about who controls elections. It says a lot about the education system. And, uh, you know, that, that Whitmer was reelected and I, I say maybe rewarded. So again, like Biden's not going to change his policies because it doesn't have to. Whitmer in Michigan is not going to change her policies out in California. Uh, Newsom is not going to change his policies. Your thoughts on that? Some of these blue, deep blue states. Look, I, I think it's indicative of a very deep seated immorality. I mean, somebody was talking about, look, when you go to a college party and stuff, what do you, what are people talking about? Hooking up sexually with somebody that night and so the right to an abortion becomes sort of a backup to protect you from the consequences of your own immorality and so we need to understand where this really gets back to it's it's really you know at its heart it's a very sin issue which only the gospel of jesus christ can overcome so um, i don't know what else to say about that. right it's, so uh, i, I want to indicative of a, of a culture in in moral decline yeah, it is, and that's the worldview. And by the way, um, no, I, I don't want to bring up that topic yet. I want to go to Mary and just talk about now politics, what's happening, what's going to happen in D.C. where the control of the House might go to the Republicans, um, hoping. And, um, Mayor, how much does that matter? Because now we're talking about the importance of Christians and conservatives and people, concerned citizens, voting in elections, whether you have kids in the as Alex Newman calls them, the government-run brainwash camps, whether you have kids in the public schools or not, you are voting, loving your neighbor by voting and resisting immorality. And, Mary, just your thoughts on what might happen in the next two years should the Republicans now have some control in the, in the, at least the House. Boy, I wish I, I wish I knew. I wish I had a crystal ball, and I wish I knew. You can speculate. You're yeah. allowed. Yeah, allowed to speculate. Yeah, I, I just, it's... There's so many things going on, and there's things seem to be winding down besides. And so it's hard for me to not just look that far ahead. I mean, of course, I'm very hopeful with pro-life things. I'm very hopeful with the economy because, you know, how how long, how can any of this is, can you put it back in the tube, a lot of the things that we're seeing? Or, you know, so I don't, I don't really know. Like I said, I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could say that, you know, in, in two years even, that we would have more red. We're surrounded by blue here. We, you know, we got Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois, Illinois Wisconsin. Yeah. Illinois surprised me a little bit because um, they've passed some legislation that's absolutely insane. It's no longer a felony to kidnap a person. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it in their court system. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. Yeah. And it will, the Bible says it will abound in the last mm -hmm. days. And so I, I don't necessarily have a lot of hope even for a couple of years i would love to see pelosi out of there i gotta tell you but i think of she's course. gonna find a way to stay in oh she'll be in power yeah. over biden and the administration yeah. but she won't necessarily have it in the house john house or senate your thoughts yeah so here's what's going to happen so over the next uh eight weeks until the new congress comes in so Right now, it looks like the Republicans will control the House, but it might be by one vote. Oh, you understand this. Yeah. This is hanging by a thread. And I hope it's not Murkowski in Alaska. It's 50-50 whether the 
whether the Republicans get control. Because mm-hmm. they, they may win Arizona, that'll give them 51. But if they don't, then it hinges on Georgia. And that's a, that's a toss-up right now. I mean, nobody knows how that's going oh. to go. Wow. So if the Republicans control Congress, it's they'll they'll be able to do investigations and that type of thing. They'll be able to stop, as long as they stay unified, they'll be able to stop legislation. But I want you to understand, my friends, that Biden is going to, I call it the O'Biden administration. And when I said that on the Fox panel, Martha McCallum's eyebrows popped up to the top of her head <laughs> when I called it the O'Biden administration. But um, they they are going to rule by executive order. This is what they've been doing. So when, when you see all the stuff that they've been putting out, the executive order on biotechnology, you know, which is social credit, uh, transhumanism, all of these things on steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be doing things with the economy and they're just going to be doing it by executive order. And the Republicans, they could pass legislation if they had both Senate and House, but Biden can, Biden can veto it. Yeah. So it, anybody who thinks that even by the Republicans taking both houses, that's going to necessarily change the game they still have the executive branch which includes the department of justice which is being weaponized against people with conservative values i mean nobody that did the riots is sitting in prison but people who kamala harris was bailing them out yeah and then and what two three dozen people who uh, protested at abortion clinics or, or did sang hymns in a hallway outside the abortion clinic who've been arrested and facing 11 years in prison. They're investing, they're, they're taken into prison by these SWAT teams. Do you think that that's going to stop? That's going to go on for the next two years. Yes. Assuming a Republican gets elected in, and takes office in January of 2025. We're not even halfway through. Mm-hmm. The first Obiden administration. Yeah, and the the so vote. We need to we need to be realistic. So we yes. need to bathe people in prayer, mm-hmm. and uh, people who are going to stand up and they're going to pay, I think, a price for taking those stands. I I don't see any other. I just don't see any other path right now. Well, let's call it so, what it is. It's the Biden Injustice Department, and uh, they have they've mm-hmm. and, and they have not arrested anyone, not one arrest in the more than one hundred. Uh, pro-life pregnancy centers or churches that were vandalized or firebombed, violent attacks on these uh, buildings, the, these organizations, and not one. And in Compass Care in Buffalo, New York, uh, the Reverend Jim Harden, he's trying to get his um, security uh, footage back. And they, he's got so to go to court. He can't get it back. He's got to go to court to try to get his own because he said he should have never handed that over. Um, so anyway, there is some injustice, and it's going to go on for two years. But, but again, that was another issue that apparently a lot of voters didn't think was important. Um, let's go on now. We talked about Kentucky, Michigan, Vermont, talked about these proposals. I think we need to kind of take a wider look at things. And before we move on to um, a great article by Damon Duck and also the U.N. Climate Summit, um, an article by Alex Newman, I think we've got to just – John, what are your thoughts on DeSantis and – you know, what's going to happen in 2024? I know this is speculation, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but uh, it seems to be a little, the media is trying to promote this divide in the Republican Party between Trump and DeSantis or mega Republicans and just maybe truly conservative or Christians. What do you think is going to happen? You know, I uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> if I was uh, if if you're going to invest your money in betting on it. I think you know buying a lottery ticket is probably uh, a more sure payoff. <laughs> uh, in det- I agree. So um, the I, I I really don't know. I I do think that it's going to get pretty ugly mm-hmm. in the Republican Party. That's mm-hmm. my I I think that Trump has come out with some pretty strong statements already about the Santas. I uh, don't think that those statements are inaccurate. Uh, I do not know what's going to happen. Uh, mm. There was, you know, there was a huge red wave in Florida. It was, it was epic. I mean, it was un- really unbelievable. Miami-Dade County voted 
like 60-40 for DeSantis. The Republicans haven't won there in over 20 years. So how did they do that, so, John? Is there, is there any kind of a formula that the rest of the country, at least in you know red states, can follow? Well, you know, I think DeSantis stood up against a lot of the lockdowns and that type of thing. I mean, I don't think he was perfect in the way he responded to the pandemic, but, you know, I I – had a, I used to work for a law firm that had a couple large offices in Florida, and I saw that she's no longer with my firm, but she I, she's still on my LinkedIn page, and she was posting, I'm trying to go to work today in light of the election results yesterday, boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> uh, and she's she's a lefty, you know. Um, so people people are, there are a lot of people in Florida that are upset. So, you know, I think where we're having, we're seeing these shifts. People, they don't like the way the politics goes, so they move. People leaving California and people are moving to Colorado because they like the left wing politics there. So, um, this is a, this is a period of great change, mm-hmm. uh, in America. I do not know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that, uh, Republicans uh, winning the presidency in, um, in 2024 will stop it. No, it might slow it down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But look, we had, you know, Trump was in office for four years. Did it slow anything down when we really think about it? I I, I can't see that it did. So it may be that we live it in, in, in the end times, actually live in the end times, and that um, things are going to happen quickly. I, I always talk, I sort of have a little thing that I use in my grid to look at things from a prophetic standpoint, ACLU, acceleration, convergence, logistics, and understanding. And I think we're at the acceleration and convergence thing. Everything seems to be happening at a time. So, you know, we, yep. while all this is going on, we have the World Economic Forum. We have this climate, ridiculous climate summit going on. We have Europe is collapsing. Uh, anyone you want to go to, we can go down any one of these roads. Well, let's talk about the climate summit. And um, our friend Alex Newman over at Freedom Project wrote an article and condensed things quite well. He said um, there's an agenda to restructure civilization under the guise of climate change and sustainable development. This is not new. It's been going on for years. They put it out there. Um, he said U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres who actually led the Socialist International before taking over at the UN, put it bluntly, and Guterres said, if there was one seed to prevent climate change, it was education. So, Mayor, I want to bring you in on this and get your take on how the left has been very successful grooming and shaping young children and climate activists. And according to EarthDay.org, it's the world's largest recruiter to the environmental movement, They've got over 150,000 partners. Um, they are transforming education. Mm-hmm. And that what they mean, they're committed to climate change education and promoting, quote, carbon neutrality. So they're reaching mm-hmm. the youth. Mm-hmm. Whether this is true or not, they're, they're getting this propaganda through. Right. So your thoughts on the U.N. summit and what they're doing with this younger generation? Didn't Earth Day start in Wisconsin with Senator Gaylord Nelson? Did it? I think it started right here. In- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, I remember back in the 70s. I borrowed the car, by the way, on the first birthday. I borrowed my parents' car <laughs> to drive to school <laughs> rather than walk. <laughs> Good for you. Um, uh, I remember in, in high school in the 70s, the World uh, Wildlife Fund was uh, huge. It's a little panda, you know, cute little panda logo. Uh, and that started in the early 60s with Prince Philip was the head of it. And then Prince Charles took it over. And now King Charles is the head of it. And, you know, he is a uh, depopulation guy through and through. And we were always, you know, we were in the stores. We could buy our folders and our 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 uh, binders to go back to school, and they had World Wildlife Fund logos on them. So this started a long time ago. Ecology is what they called it when we were in high school. Um, and I see, you know, Greta Thunberg, here's your poster child yeah. for um, all these lies about climate change. And she herself said, I'm not going to that summit. It's just for it's just for show. It's just the, you know, posturing and, and all that. And I'm thinking how interesting that she's not going at all. Um, but uh, 44,000 people go to this event, which is a lot. It's going on right now. A lot of leaders. A lot of leaders, mm-hmm. a lot of people that are interested in this. Um, it's it's just going to get bigger and bigger, and we're going to pay more and more and more. And they're using it as an excuse to take our freedoms away. And they are starting with the kids, obviously, like they do in the on the university level too, with so many oh. issues. 
Um, and these, they're gullible. They're not critical thinkers. They don't have, uh, the, the context that we do, uh, having thought through all these issues. And, you know, there's a, there's a meme on Facebook this week and it shows this whole galaxy full of stars and, and, uh, you know, the Milky Way and all that. And there's a little dot that says, you are here and somehow the temperature is your fault. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, so John, before I throw it back to you, I just want to mention in this article, they talk about education being a critical part of the effective strategy. It says climate action starts in our classrooms. In other words, the children must be weaponized and turned into activists. They will be taught not just sustainable lifestyles, but also the power of civic action mobilization. So, John, three minutes left. Your thoughts on how they are very successful at taking these young children and somehow converting them. On the panel that I was on on Fox, one of the young guys, he said, oh, you know, it's going to be great. We're going to build batteries and solar panels and all this stuff. This stuff will not work. Uh, I mean, it'll work as long as the wind blows and the sun blows. But the interesting thing that they're discussing at the climate summit is the fact that as the world seems to be warming up, and it, it does seem to be warming up in some respects. I mean, you can make a, but a lot of this is related to the sun activity. But what happens is the world gets a little bit warmer. I don't know what it's been like where you are. I'm in central Ohio, central southern Ohio. We are under a fire alert danger the last three days mm-hmm. because the crops are in the field, they're drying. I have, client, I have former clients that are farmers. And if somebody throws a cigarette in a field, it's going to be like California around here. It's so dry. Huh. Um, this is very unusual. I mean, I was talking to a farmer the other day. He says, I, I don't need natural gas this fall to dry my crops because they're already dry. This is This may not have happened in 20 or 30 years here in Ohio, if then. So there's this happening, but you know this. There's all these things that are going on. This it, unless you have 24/7 power, Dave Walsh Energy at Getter is a good guy to follow. You don't have 24/7 power. So if if you have solar panels, you're helping provide. You may have enough to provide for you while the sun is out, and you can sell the excess to the grid. But if the grid goes down, you're out of power just like everybody else, unless you have a generator or a battery wall that you've spent about a quarter billion dollars on. So it just doesn't work. And, and so what we've done is we've created this fantasy world, you know, where we're all going to have solar panels. We won't have to work. We'll sit around. We'll eat bugs and we'll go to uh, concerts and, and art museums. Uh, wow. It's it's. And people have been completely brainwashed by everything. Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievable thing to watch. So let's talk more about this when we come back with John Haller, David Fiorazzo with Mary Danielson, talk about the rise of the left and its religion, talk about a great article over at Rapture Ready by Damon Duck. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And it says, Light dwells with Him. Remember, friends, who is sovereign over all things, not just in America, but around the world. John, wrap up the UN Climate Summit, and then we'll talk briefly about Israel. So they have these guys. There's an interesting graphic I'll have in my Sunday update about the uh, private planes flying in uh, from all over the world. There are 44,000 <laughs> registered participants in the, uh, it's called COP27, which means uh, Council of Peoples. Uh, 27. So this is the 27th one that they've had. Remember the 26th one, Prince Charles got up and said, we need a military plan led by someone with trillions at his disposal. And what was he talking about? And was he talking about himself? Uh, That's very interesting. Hmm. I mean, looking into King Charles is a sort of a a black hole and you need to do that. (laughs) But so they're meeting there and uh, on Sunday, they are going to have an interfaith worship service now the logo for the cop 27 is the uh, egyptian sun god uh and uh, by the way it's right across the straits from where uh, mohammed bin salman has under construction you can see the videos 
uh, this city called the line, 100 miles long, uh, 1,500 feet on each side, tall on each side, uh, that they're building it. That's the great city of tomorrow. Some might say it's an, sort of an, sounds like an end time Babylon. Mm. It could be. I uh, can't dismiss that. But they're going to have an interfaith thing on the traditional site of Mount uh, Sinai in the Sinai Peninsula. Wow. To uh, put it together, all this stuff. They they even have, from 20 years ago, they have this thing called the Ark of Hope, which looks like a globalist, one-world religion version of the Ark of the Covenant from the Bible. Uh, they have inside, they have sort of their own version of the Ten Commandments. Uh, I put pictures in my update last Sunday of the celebration they had in 2001 in New Hampshire, Vermont, when they uh, blessed this thing. So this is a this is a mm. growth of the one world religion. And they all fly on their private planes. Uh, Anthony Gutierrez, the head of the UN, said that this was, we are entering a period of a climate hell. So understand that the, Alarmism, the world right? religion of the leftists and the globalists and the climatists is a religion that has an apocalypse just like so mm-hmm. satan is always an imitator so mm-hmm. we we talk about the apocalypse the seals the judgment the trumpets and the vile judgments that god's going to pour out on the world in the end times satan is a great imitator and he has his own version of the apocalypse and you're seeing it play out right in front of you in sharm al-sheikh egypt this week amazing amazing john um, let's talk about israel uh, just we need to jump there and then, then uh, talk about other things but um, your thoughts, uh, since we haven't had you on since uh, Netanyahu uh, made a comeback that surprised a lot of people, uh, your thoughts? So he's forming a government. Uh, right now there's a, a, a religious Zionist party that's part of his coalition. Uh, one of the people from that wants to become the defense minister in the new government. Uh, and this is a very this is a very tricky time for Israel in a, in global geopolitics. There's an incredible rise of anti-Semitism. Uh, even I think some people on the right that are sort of dismissing things that were said by Kanye West and some others, uh, very troubling. Uh, I I do not understand uh, how people are just sort of giving him a pass on that. But so there's rise of anti-Semitism. So Netanyahu is putting together his coalition. Uh, he had 64 mandates, which means he, he looks like he'd be able to hold this together for four years. A lot of people in Israel are upset because it's largely Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox and religious Zionists and conservatives. Uh, the left there collapsed. Some of the parties did not even get any, any, uh, they didn't pass the election threshold where they would get four Knesset members. So they're, they're out of the government for the first time in the history of Israel, some of these left-wing parties like Meretz. So, uh, but it's a very difficult time. Iran is developing a lot of uh, weapons. Mm-hmm. They're getting to test their weapons in Ukraine. Russia's buying their drones. There are reports that there were in the last 48 hours, there were meetings between Russia and Iran. And this does have sort of end-time implications when we look at some of the alliances in the end times. Um, Russia's I think is not doing well in Ukraine. I saw this morning they're withdrawing from Kherson. And uh, I'll talk about this on Sunday in more detail because this this has huge implications for the war in Ukraine. And I think looking down the road for Bible prophecy, mm. but we won't have time to talk about it this morning. But uh, Ukraine is uh, a testing ground for Iranian weapons. And Iran wants to get rid of Israel. That's clear. Iran is itself is going through a bit of a revolution right now. How that plays out, I do not know. At the meantime, though, the Biden administration has said, if you bring in a guy as the minister of defense from this religious Zionist party, we will not cooperate with you, Israel. This has, uh, you know, this is what my friend Bill Koenig says, you do things against Israel, God will judge you. Uh, there was also a report this morning that Iran, and they've had meetings in the last 48 hours with Russia, Iran uh, Revolutionary Guard, their air defense uh, air missile guy said, we have hypersonic missiles. There is no known system on the planet to defend against hypersonic missiles. Russia, we, Russia, we know, has used hypersonic missiles in the Ukrainian war on a few occasions. They're getting an opportunity to test them. Uh, we have no defense against them. Uh, a U.S. admiral came out the other day and said, with regard to what China and Russia have, we have lost our ability to have deterrence against the missile threat of Russia 
and China. That was one of the leading admirals in the United States. You can read about his speech wow. at defense.gov. So this is a very difficult time. And now Iran says, we have hypersonic missiles. Now, whether they're getting them from Russia or they develop themselves, I don't know. But this is a very troubling development. And yeah. so now Israel's going to have to decide, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Danny Gantz, on his way out as defense minister, said, I, I hope that uh, Netanyahu will have a level head on how to respond to Iran. Now, what does that mean? And so in our government here in the United States, they think we can make, some kind of agreement with Iran, if that agreement goes into place, Iran will achieve uh, about a trillion dollars by 2030. A trillion dollars. Factor that into the geopolitical situation that we're in and the threats that are facing Israel, which clearly play into Bible prophecy. That's right. Amen. Um, Let's touch on this article, Mary. Um, And one thing that jumped out at me, and I'll let you take it wherever you want. There's there's such an extensive article, Friends, at Rapture Ready by Damon Duck, but uh, that Australia is requiring dairy farmers to vaccinate their Mm -hmm. cattle with the COVID mRNA shot i that's just mind-boggling mm-hmm. but let's share whatever you would like to yeah hear. Well, well just uh, just a brief overview here i love this article this is so good because he talks about europe and why why civilization is collapsing all around us but he says europe is rapidly plunging into a continent on a collision course with total with total collapse no industry no supply chain no energy no metals no fertilizer and no food wow. and he goes on to say evil people and this is this is you know our culture in the hands of sinners okay Evil people are killing freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion, freedom to buy and sell, freedom to own property, independence, democracy, Christian values, uh, because Satan has convinced them they can build back a better society without these things. And he says, um, you know, just follow the facts here. Governments are deliberately destroying energy independence with winter approaching, deliberately reducing the use of fertilizer during food shortages, deliberately hindering the production of diesel fuel, deliberately spending massive amounts of money with inflation raging, deliberately developing the technology and laws to track all buying and selling, deliberately creating a global pandemic to track people and reduce the population of the earth, deliberately tolerating violence and crime in many cities, deliberately working to increase abortions and euthanasia, deliberately trying to divide Israel, uh, and the it says it should be obvious the government has deliberately put the entire world in death throes right mm. now. And one of the wow. things mentioned here, I know, John, you mentioned this today, um, uh, concerning food shortages and famine, which is also part of prophecy, it was reported that BASF, which is a German chemical company that was um, stood trial during the Nuremberg trials because of their uh, involvement in the Holocaust and um, IG Farman, and says it was report- reported that BASF, the world's largest producer of fertilizer and chemicals, will as quickly as possible and permanently downsize its operations in Europe because of high energy prices and burdensome regulations. So, I mean, you can look at this any way you want, but but there is nothing good going on, and uh, I'd say that the culture around us is just uh, in self-destruct mode. Um, John, your final thoughts in the if, last five minutes. If I could just minutes. build on the BASF thing yep. for a minute. About yep. a month ago, I shared an article in my update from uh, the Financial Times that talked about BASF, citing their CEO, who said that because of the Nord Stream uh, attack that destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline, 40% of Russia's, uh, 40% of uh, Europe's natural gas supply comes from Russia. There's no way for us to make up the shortfall with liquefied natural gas or anything else. It's just just not enough capacity. Natural gas is a critical component in a thing called the Haber-Bosch process, which is what they use to make fertilizer. The seeds in the world today require ammonia nitrogen fertilizer to germinate, to produce crops. BASF had said if they got to the place where they were getting one half of their natural gas allocation of what they needed, to operate this very complex plant that they have. It's like a giant living organism. It's highly complex. They would shut the plant down. They produce, there There are at least a dozen fertilizer plants in Europe right now that are completely shut down because of the lack of or high cost of natural gas. That is going to have an impact in 2023 and 2024. I Right now, I do not see how the world will not have a famine. I, I pray that I'm wrong about that. BASF is shutting down largely in Europe. They're going to relocate to China. 
Now, China is very significant, and I want you to all go watch the video. You can see it on my updates where Xi had his predecessor walked out in the party of Congress, the CCP party of Congress in the Great Hall of the People. He had his predecessor walked out in full view of everyone else. You need to understand the mindset of China is that is what China wants to do with us on the world stage. Mm. That that was highly symbolic, and people need to understand the significance of that. So the fertilizer shortage, uh, we have diesel shortage in the United States. We don't have diesel. Our rivers are drying up. We can't transport things by our rivers, mm. by barge and everything. This is this is going to have an impact in the year ahead. Uh, so listen, the, the, really the only hope in all this is that you get right with the Lord, because if you're putting off getting right with the Lord mm. and accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ, my friends, you may not have time to put it off and do it later, because I think we're entering a rather difficult time in world history. War, famine, you start reading it. I said to a friend the other day, it says like you read the paper, it's like reading through uh, the, you know, Revelation. Mm-hmm. And I think it is. Yeah, and that's a good reminder for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ as the only hope that can save people. I know people put all a lot of uh, focus on uh, politics and and other things, and rightly so because that affects how we live. But we need to remember the eternal view here. Um, just a couple minutes left, um, Mary. We didn't get a chance to get through this article. We'll hopefully do it early next week, the Damon Duck one. And there's so many other topics that we didn't get to, friends. But if you want to get a hold of us, uh, John, what's the best way to track you down and and get a hold of you? Um, Real FBC on Rumble, uh, Fellowship Bible Chapel on YouTube, fbchapel.com. We also have an app, Fellowship Bible Chapel, you can download for your phone. And we post things there. We're moving a little bit away from YouTube in some respects because there's just things we can't talk about. We can't talk about the Brazil elections <laughs> and that type of thing, or they'll take our channel down. So uh, we're going to try to protect that for our sermons and that type of thing and talk about more topics on the other channels as well, time goes forward. Well, I know you're going to cover a lot more on Sunday that we couldn't get to today. And we, we, we have this article on fl- France sliding toward <laughs> barbarity and chaos. So much more going on in the world stage. And uh, friends, um, just thanks for uh, tuning in. John, God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, John. Thanks. Tomorrow, Dr. Patrick Flynn. Mayor, we're going to get to talk about some medical issues and Get some information there. On that perspective, that's usually one of the more popular programs when we, especially in in light of COVID. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Flynn tomorrow with The Wellness Way and a loaded week next week with guests. And we'll tell you about those tomorrow. Again, go to StandUpForTheTruth.com. Check out our resources, well over 200 there. And uh, thanks, guys, so much. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.